Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the WBBL Review. I'm joined by a very special guest today, referee Michael Diamond Hunter. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a it's an absolute pleasure to be here. So how how are you doing? How's how's life? Yeah, life is life is good. Things are things are going okay. We're in the you know in the full throes of the basketball season. Um, I just had the uh, the senior uh, men's and women's cup final in Manchester uh, recently. Um, but outside of that, work is going okay. Um, you know, trying to get through the uh, you know the standard British winter. You know, long cold days, gray skies when it's light out. But there's not a there's actually not a whole lot I can uh, complain about. Things are going all right. Thanks for asking. So in this episode, I, I want to get to know you a bit more. I want to talk about all things refereeing. And I've got some quick fire questions as well. I always got to right. do the quick fire questions at the end. Fantastic. But let's start with where are you from? So I'm originally from Los Angeles. Uh, and I have come to the UK via a very sort of circuitous route. Um, I went to undergrad uh, in uh, the Bay Area in California. I went to UC Berkeley and have taken a very long route to get to where I am. Um, I'm cur- I currently, so I've got my PhD. I got my PhD a few years ago. Um, I currently teach at a university in London, um, uh, London School of Economics and Science. And so I'm a fellow there and things are going okay. It's been, uh, it's my, my path getting to the UK has in some sense mirrored how I did uh, with refereeing. And so when I started, when I started my PhD, uh, at UC Davis, I was like, you know, the first year, let me get my feet on the ground and then I can kind of like get into refereeing. And so I refereed high school for a couple of years. I got into LSE to do a master's program. So I moved out. Um, my partner is British. Uh, and so, cause we were doing long distance for a bit. So came over, uh, did my master's degree at LST and started doing like, you know, sort of junior stuff. Um, and in a couple of years started really kind of like getting going. COVID threw everyone, everything and everyone off. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I know lots of people are still dealing with like, you know, ramifications from that or lost time and everything. Um, so I had a bit of a gap for about, I'd say year, year and a half or so, uh, for a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but then I've been back at it. My first full season since COVID, uh, started in September and things are, things are going a okay. And I roughly up and down uh the uh the sort of like tiers or the or the sort of like levels yeah. and most importantly as a referee no game is ever too big or too small for me to referee so growing up where did you play basketball was it always kind of we all more interested in the refereeing side of things talk us through when you were growing up yeah i grew up uh sports was a big part of my childhood and growing up um because there's a lot of, I mean, in the U.S., there's, it, says, it sounds funny to say this, but in the U.S., there's, there's just a lot of space compared okay. to the U.K. So, every, so you want to play American football, you want to play actual football, like the actual footy, um, you want to do athletics, track and field, you want to play baseball, you want to play basketball, ice hockey, you, you name it. Sports are, you know, sort of like very, like, very deep in U.S. culture. Um, I, my first love was actually football. Um, I, the first sport I played, the first organized sport I played was football. And uh, I wasn't great 
when I first started because I, you know, I actually like to throw in, like, I just chucked it like a basketball. <laughs> and I had, you know, the referee had to give me back and said, you know, you have, you have to throw over your head. Like, <laughs> you know, but this is when I'm like six or something. So, you know, okay. it's forgivable, right? I yeah, hope. we'll let you off. Def- definitely. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but they played that and was doing all right. I uh, got moved to keeper um, and made an all-star team. But then my parents were like, you know, trainings were a bit too late. So you got to pick a different sport for, you know, like a seven and a half year old. So no. fair enough. Um, and I played baseball. Baseball has been like really like the thing that I played. I'm So I'm a, I played high school. I played high school baseball and basketball. Uh, I got recruited to some D2 and D3 schools, um, like a couple D2s and more D3s because I was more academic than anything. Uh, and I've just loved baseball. So baseball is my first thing. And I got into refereeing. I did like some intramural refereeing when I was an undergrad as a way to uh, make some extra like heat some money or, you know, mm-hmm. stuff to, like buy some extra sandwiches or, you know, those, that kind of thing. Cause UC Berkeley has such a large student population that they run sport leagues for everything. That's not like NCAA. Okay. So they have like, they have like five aside, they have seven aside, they have like basketball, they have uh, ultimate frisbee. So, you know, it's a large, you know, I think of the population of UC Berkeley is like, it's like between 30 and 40,000 students. So there's plenty of stuff. So I just, I, you know, I did it for a little bit, but didn't really take it seriously. Um, didn't see like a future or anything because I was, you know, on an academic path. Um, and then really started to hunker down with refereeing uh, when I started. Uh, it was my second year of my PhD at, at UC Davis. And that's really kind of how things kind of picked up. So can you, can you remember the first game that you refereed? I can remember the first high school varsity game that I refereed. Okay. Uh, how, how did that one, go? The, the first, yeah, the, the, uh, it caught me, there was an aspect that caught me by surprise. And the high school varsity game, so it's, it's like the equivalent of, say, like an under 18s nice. game in the UK. And, you know, there was, there was a, I was refereeing with a long time varsity referee, someone who's been refereeing for a while. My first varsity game, so they want to put me with someone, it's two person refereeing. And they want to put me with someone who can kind of like show me the ropes and make sure you know things are going okay. It's fine. Things are going okay. And clearly, like my partner calls a foul. I'm like, all right. And then the player is is absolutely hot for a reason that I still don't understand. And said something to my partner. And partner gave a technical foul. So it must have been magic words or something. As the player is walking off kicks two of the two of the chairs on the bench just kicks just kicks two chairs and i was just caught off guard i was like why are you doing in my mind i was like why are you doing that <laughs> and <laughs> and my partner and she was great she just assessed the second technical and he you know he's run off but that was when i realized like there's i gotta like you know you have to be awake you can't referee and kind of like spectate and be like sort of like this just doesn't make any sense. Why are you doing this? And it kind of like, there's at that point, it was one of the things of, you got to really start to have an active mindset and actively start to like referee and you can't kind of sit back and think that things are okay. Yeah. So you moved across the UK. When, when did you kind of pick up refereeing in, in the UK? Sort of the second half of the academic year. So we're up 2017. I did a couple like, juniors games nothing special 
nothing to hold like and i don't mean this in the sense that the, the games are not special but it wasn't like i was trying to get like some sort of like major schedule and do all things it was like i'm just trying to like get work my way in and figure out what's happening um because i think it, it's a different system and you and in retrospect you might think you should expect that you go to a different place different places might have dis- different systems of organizing themselves and so it took me a little while to kind of figure out how to like get in and do stuff with basketball england um but once i got in then it was like all right you know i'm going to national conference and then uh starting to do full sort of like junior games and because i was based in london um and i stayed after my master's to fin- to write my phd thesis uh, away from UC Davis, so I could be. So I was here. There's so many games in London, and there's so many like there's such a need for referees that I was just, I was just getting games and games and games, and you know, three games on a Saturday, you know, under 12, under 14, and under 18, and then you know, a couple games on a Sunday, and there's a midweek game for Bucks on you know on Wednesdays, and and it's just, and I'm getting and I'm you know getting 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 lots of games, and then I also started getting involved. Uh, and that was the 17, 2017, 18 season. Um, I started getting to, I was like, you know, I want to get known. I want to make sure people know who I am and everything. So um, I started going to camps. So I've been, I've been to the poly camp uh, and I've been to uh, the camp in Leeds. Um, I've been, and I've just been doing that as a way to kind of like keep burnishing my, my learning. Um, because I, I never feel like I stop learning things and there's always something to change. And there's always something to tweak. Um, there's always something to refine. And that's when it really kind of like started uh, the uptake and my sort of like understanding of how basketball works in the UK uh, has grown. You mentioned there about kind of the, the need for referees in, in London, like specifically. There is, there is seems to be a shortage of referees within this country where do you see how how do you see kind of that progressing as we move into the future how, how do we fill that shortage it's i think it's going to be difficult um but not impossible and not something that cannot be rectified i think it, i think it can be rectified i think there's a couple things uh from an outsider's perspective and i could be wrong about this so it's just um there's a couple things that i think might be important one is that um COVID has done a lot. And so I know that there were far more, ref- like far more referees before COVID uh, than afterwards. Um, and, that, and this is in some like anecdotal, so I don't have any like numbers, so I can just tell you sort of like, yeah. so you can take it with a grain of salt. But I, but I take it that my experience, at least here in London, is that there were far more referees before COVID than after COVID. Um, so whether or not that was a very, I mean, it was, maybe it was a life-changing event. Maybe people were like, I got to do something what they feel is meaningful or like maybe I need to make that reconnection with family or like whatever. It's, it's been a thing that has really shifted. I think lots of people's sort of mentalities about who they are and what they plan to do. And life is short, like really like, you know, lots of, lots of, lots of things. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing. One, number two is that in the States, in the U S um, there's far more money uh, to that, that is, that is circulating in sort of like the basketball environment. And I don't mean this in just a simply sort of like our referees not getting paid enough. This is not, that's not what I'm talking about. There's, there's more, there is more money that goes into men's and women's sport. There's more money that goes into refereeing. The infrastructure is there. Um, there, I mean, it's, I, here's, here's a, here's one example. Um, there are places in like, so 
in the equivalent of like a better gym or like uh, the gym group or you know, name your, your version active, you name your favorite like uh, gym facility. In the US, pretty much every gym, every sort of like place to go work out has like one or two basketballs as part of the facility. Not a place that's like, you know, 24 hour fitness. There's, there's this gym that I used to go to when I was in, uh, when I lived in Sacramento. Um, they have a basketball court and people come to play and it's included in the membership. Um, I have yet to find a place in the UK that has a 24 hour gym or 24 hour basketball. Yeah. Um, I know you can, you can find the five aside for sure. Absolutely. You can find places to go like go to the park. So I think money, as far as the infrastructure to get people to play is missing. Um, I make, you can make far more money doing an NCAA uh, schedule than you, I mean, you can make a living being a referee in the U S and in the UK, it's more of an avocation. Cause I was talking to a, I was talking to a friend of mine who, uh, referees NCAA and he said you know how much how much do you make you make about like 40,000 a year you know or something like that I was like absolutely not mm-hmm. like like it's you know it's 40 a game and he's like wow I was like I was thinking about coming out to a referee there and I was like no no it's not like your schedule uh you know where he you know you work three you know the people who work at the highest levels of say like NCAA women or men they get like 100 they get like 100 games a season Right. And it's, you know, between uh, 1,000 and 2,000 a game, depending on if you're in, like, the SEC or the ACC or, you know, like, the Pac-12 for women or, you know, like, lots of stuff. Like, if you have a schedule, you can do that and then do other stuff for, like, nine months of the year. So there's a there's a difference. And I don't, I don't think it's ever going to get to be, like, the U.S. or Spain or France because I think it's just, there's just not enough land to have the space to build more uh in the style of uh fields of dreams if you build it they will come like it's it's hard to get stuff and i know there's more happening it's, it's, i think there's something in sheffield there's like purpose-built stuff and like yeah. other places which is great which means that you now have facilities for people to actually like really kind of like uh improve their game but i think the infrastructure the money in the infrastructure is the thing i'm gesturing towards that is that is different from from my experience in the u.s Let's have a look at it from a WBBL point of view. How, how does it work in terms of getting allocated games? How long do you know in advance which games you'll be doing and that kind of thing? Yeah, so largely um, from my understanding, um, you have to like be at a particular sort of level. And in the refereeing, at least in England, I can't speak for, I won't speak, I will not speak for Wales or Scotland, but it, but there's like tiers refereeing. There's like level one, level two, level three, level five. Right. Um, I am, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, uh, my first WBBL game and it was either in Essex or it was in, it was in London because these are close to get to, or maybe Oakland. Yes. Um, but largely the assigner, like you go to national camp cause everyone has to go to national camp who has ambitions to referee, uh, at the senior men's and women's national league. And then there are referees who were taken from that. All, who are combined with referees who already have their FIBA license or licenses. And those people get assigned to do WBBL games. Okay. And so, and I, and that's, that's sort of the, the general process. I think it's in some senses, it reminds me of sort of like being assigned games in, in any sort of sport, like in the U S like, you know, football referees, if you have like a, per, a particular like uh, FIFA license, 
that you do stuff at like the t- like in the equivalent in the U.S. the equivalent of sort of like the championship below the premiership, but then you have to get another license to be able to do like that the the premiership, and then you have to like be evaluated in by observers, and you have to pass a fitness test, and you have to rules tests, and you know those kind of things. It's the same kind of like general observation and feedback infrastructure for other sports that that basketball in uh, in the UK has for assigning referees to the women's professional league. So you told the story before about um, that, that that varsity game where the player kicked the chairs. You must have a whole host of stories about kind of player interaction. And have you have you got any uh, good stories linked to that? I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think. I had uh, yeah, I've had some wild stuff, and it's and part of it is because uh, um, there might be different there are differences in basketball culture. Um, so if you've had a chance to go to like, uh, basketball in like say Spain or Poland or, uh, Copenhagen, perhaps you might experience something different than if you went to like, say Puerto Rico or you went to Japan. Um, so there's lots of like, in the same way that there are like stylistic differences with respect to national teams at like, say like the women's world cup, for example, Mm -hmm. um, they're going to be stylistic or like things that are different. So one thing I remember uh, my first year, my first full year doing juniors in in, uh, in the UK was that I had a, I was assigned a game, and uh, there was a coach who I was who apparently it was a case that you know people were like oh this coach might have like a hot temper, fine no problem I've dealt with you know I've dealt with stuff in the US so it's not big of a deal it's not that big of a deal, and so during the game, coach is you know shouts across the court to my partner, and so I said. Uh, you know, hey, so and so. I understand that you might have a disagreement, but we we, we can't we, we can't have sh- we can't have shouting across at my you know at my partner. My partner's going to come over and they'll they'll explain. So it's like, I was like, really? You, well, then, well, then give me a technical. Go on, then give me a technical. Go on. And I th- and I thought to myself, I was like, this is the level of dissent in the UK. <laughs> if this if this is if this is if this is like. Ooh, the coach is a hothead, and this is love. I'm going to be just fine. So I mean, so I found it wild in the sense that people were told, you know, sort of like people were like, you know, this coach might be like, you know, can can go off. And if this is the coach going off, I was like, things are going to be okay for me in the UK. And so I think that's the kind of like, there's, I find it as as an immigrant who's come to the country. There's there's like, there's this difference where, uh, FIBA's sort of like expectations, or maybe sort of like what's going on in the UK for like the center things going up are have been for most of my experience far below my threshold and i thought it was just so wild because it came in like this doesn't this isn't really a thing <laughs> so yeah so that's the uh but i haven't had any sort of like wild stuff like uh you know people running out of the gym and running back through another door in order to like you know get a three-point shot off or any sort of like like those kind of like home video stuff that you see on youtube or anything so no, <laughs> nothing nothing that wild so let, let's kind of put you in, in you're refereeing a game, you make a decision, and then that decision is playing in your mind and say, oh, did I get that right? Does, does that happen? Like, do you start thinking like, oh, did I miss something there if, if, if a player is challenging you about about that decision? No, so I so the my processing is uh, more of a functional sense. And, and and so here's sort of like what I mean. So in refereeing, we have particular areas of 
responsibility. And, it, and depending on if it's two person or three person, we, we sort of like chop up the court to like two pieces or three pieces, roughly speaking. And each referee on the court has their own sort of piece to take care of. And so when, I'm in, and when I have my piece that I'm taking care of, I'm trying to process who's in it, who's outside of it, where, and also be aware of the ball at the same time. And one thing I try to do as the referee is that if I don't see it, I don't guess. Mm-hmm. And so that helps me to eliminate these kind of things where it's like, maybe, maybe not. Like, but I've, and, I, and, I, and this is the thing that I work on as a referee is to never guess. You're constantly processing things and you only put air in the whistle when you have made a judgment and you are like 100%. And, you co- and then the stuff regarding reviewing. So everyone, so everyone makes mistakes. Let's, let's just put this out there. This is no sort of like, like I'm perfect. I'm absolutely not. And I'm, I'm, I'm working to be better. And I think that I have the potential to do some excellent things, but I think lots of people do. But in the same way that players sometimes miss layups, right? Mm-hmm. Players sometimes miss layups, or they, or they, there's an outlet you can match. There's, an, there's a perfect outlet pass, and the player's running down, and they bobble the ball, and out of bounds it goes. So sure, mistakes happen. Part of what I do as a referee is that I do lots of video breakdown in order to see these things, to try to minimize the kind of mistakes. So I might... So I might look at video and be like, you know what? I could have held that whistle a split second longer in order to see the play develop. I can do something that's like, you know, if I just, maybe I could have rotated faster and that would have given me a better angle because refereeing is all about angles in the same way that uh, being an excellent point guard is all about angles and vision. Maybe not all about, but you can do, but, there's a lot of stuff regarding uh, angles for refereeing in the same way that someone running off a pick, if you run out at, at a right angle, you're going to get freed up. You run, at a, you run off a pick at a poor angle, the defender is going to be able to, to slide through and stay with you. Um, so there might be stuff that I look at when I, and I think about how can I tweak things? How can I uh, mitigate uh, the sort of kind of the kind of call that I've made? Sometimes I do the right thing and just end up in the wrong spot because teams are dynamic. Because I'm not, because the teams are not static, and sometimes I'm in the wrong place at the right time, and I can see something absolutely clearly. But I try to like harmonize, or I'm trying to get together uh, the good practices that I happen to do, and put them together with the good to sort of decision making and processing that I do. So it never shows up in my mind as kind of like, "Ooh, I'm not. Mm, I don't know." Mm-hmm. It's every single time I try to blow a whistle. It's like, "Yes, I've I've made a judgment, and I've processed it, and here's the decision." And then in review, I can be like, have I made sort of like the correct one? Because on the court, I'm just trying to constantly process information. Yeah, I was going to ask you about kind of watching games back after afterwards. Obviously, is, is that important to, to your kind of good practice? Absolutely. Um, it is, uh, it's vital for not only getting to me, where, getting me to where I am currently as a referee who works on the WBBL, who's had uh, some playoff assignments, fortunate enough to have some playoff assignments uh, in the past. Um, But it's also helpful for me getting to where I would like to be in the future. In the same way that teams do video breakdown in order to see how their sets are run or what they can do as far as like how to deal with a zone defense or or how how to try to break a press. The same kind of principles that are used for that, at least for teams, is the same kind of thing we're seeing as referees. Because not only do we need to recognize, especially if two or three persons, because we're working in with a crew, 
what we can do to make sure that each other of the other two people, if it's three person refereeing, uh, is in the best position to make the best judgments uh, the high majority of the time. We also have to, we also study the teams. So my video breakdown is not only so I've got three sort of things that I do for video breakdown for refereeing. I look at the correct calls that I've made and the good stuff because I want to know my good habits and re and positively reinforce them in the same way that players uh, like do that drill when they're laying on bed and they and they shoot the ball up and they flick the wrist because they want to have that backward rotation on the ball so they have a nice soft jump shot. You practice and reinforce good habits. So I look at the good stuff. I'm like, okay, good. Right, this is what I should be doing. Excellent. I look at the stuff that I'm that were mistakes and be like, how, what can I learn from them? How can I? How could I have changed something? How could I have mitigated something? Sometimes I can, and sometimes plays just happen where you're just like, I, there's there's just nothing you can do, and that's okay. Uh, in the same way that players, sometimes you play the best defense in the world, and someone is you know flying on the floor and they just throw it up over their head and it and it just happens to go in. The and then the third thing I usually think of is are plays that are kind of like atypical. Kind of strange, kind of weird. So that way I'm never surprised in the way that I was my very first high school varsity game. Where I'm like, wait, this person kicked chairs? It's like, no, no, you should you gotta go in and handle that situation immediately. So the video, the video breakdown is is actually really important. We study sets. I study offenses, offensive and defensive sets. I watch uh, all sorts of basketball. I watch the NBA, I watch the WNBA, I watch the G League, I watch the Euroleague, I watch Basketball Champions League, I watch uh, the British Basketball League, I watch WBBL, um, and I need to know what people are running so I can put myself before the action happens in the right position. Horn sets, uh, dribble handoffs, five outs, uh, you know, one, three, one presses, traps, all that kind of stuff. I watch this so that way when I'm on the floor and I, and I recognize a pattern, I recognize what a team is doing, then I'm like, I know where to go, I know what to be looking for, I know probably where the ball is going to go if they're able to run this offense right. And I know where the defense might be a bit too uh, too handsy or potentially like these kind of things. So I try to like process and anticipate, process and anticipate without prejudging what the defense or the offense is going to do. So let's move on to WBBL kind of uh, matters. Um, I, I met you in Essex a few weeks back. And That's the right. WBL Trophy weekend. What was your impressions of that weekend? It's great. I I I really like uh, the venue. Number one, um, it's one that I've been to a number of times since I'm London based. It's you know it's just a train ride up to Essex. Um, it reminds me. It's one of the venues that reminds me a lot of the U.S. Like universities or like you know really really you know high schools or etc. I thought it's great. I thought it's great for women's basketball. And not only women's basketball, I thought it's great for basketball, period, in this country. Um, because you have teams that have Olympians, that have uh, people who have won Commonwealth medals, people who are on the, in the GB national pool, and people who are playing, for, who are coming over also from the US or Canada, who played at the university level in Canada or played, played NCAA. Um, it's great. And I think it was it's a it's a great venue for the teams. The facilities are excellent. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I was I mean I was a bit tired uh, at the end of at the end of everything, which I think everyone was because I had I had four games that weekend. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought it was I was for me it was a, po a very positive experience, and I and I had a great time. I always have a nice time 
uh, working at that venue. Yeah, for for me as as a fan, I love the the chance to see everyone in one place. And I mean, as you said, long days. But and I wasn't running around for <laughs> four four games across the weekend. But um, no, I, I thought as as you, it was a very positive experience. Yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't. I think the only thing uh, that I would change is um, more people being there because when yeah. that place when it when it is packed, it nothing rocks, which is fantastic. Because I the last time I was there for a for uh, I was there for like a national cup final right before covid right before and i think it was like uh i think it was anglia ruskin university and nottingham trent university and i've been there for like a a uh an eabl or uh abl final and school you know and and it and it, and it, and it feels like you know feel you know you can feel the people and it and it and it's great i love it so yeah that's that's the only thing i change more people should just know more about the wbbl yeah and who's playing in it and actually just show up and support so yeah, I think it it kind of felt just as universities weren't back running. I think for for Essex, I think a, a lot of their clientele maybe are linked to the university. So maybe if it was just a couple of weeks later, it might have been a, a bit busier. But okay, that makes sense. Um, do do you notice a difference in the standard within kind of the playing standard across the WBBL in your time? Do you feel like we're we're getting Better players coming in the league, better teams. Yeah, I think I think things are I think are um, in learning my uh, British sort of like turns of phrase, moving from strength to strength. Nice. Um, we've got, like I said, London Lions have a team, and this is not just about the Lions. So I just want to make sure that this is clear. This is coming from my experience being in London. So we've got a team with like five people who have like national team experience. Yeah. People play Division One. But this happens in Sheffield. This happened in Essex. This has happened previous uh, in uh, which is now uh, the Caledonia, the the Gladiators. Mm-hmm. Um, Oakland's has had people. You know, they've sent people to play in the U.S. and have people come back. Um, I think I think it's great. I think things are definitely getting better, and not that they were worse, but it's just it's just like it's incremental progress. Which I think is, I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, the players are incredibly intelligent. They know their basketball because they've played at a high level. Whether it's been even for, you know, they've they've had lots of experience outside of the UK and inside it. And I think for people who are academy players who are on WBBL teams and getting that kind of experience reminds me of when uh, Holly Winterburn was on Leicester Riders, as was like I think she won like two or three like uh, WBBL Young Player of the Year before she went to the US to play for a bit. So I think, you know, if this is this is continuing to grow and I think it's really important and, and an exciting time for the WBBL to continue to grow. Um, hopefully there'll be more time, more teams and more people coming in to realize that like, this is a viable place to play good basketball and, you know, knock on wood or your favorite piece of hard thing, uh, the referees are doing their part to help the game grow. Their little part, they're not, they don't have a big part, but you know, the part nonetheless. <laughs> right let's move on to some quick fire questions just to get you sure. to know you a little bit better well let's start with do you prefer tea or coffee coffee in the morning and tea in the afternoon Oof. yeah nice. yeah coffee in the morning i i'd start my day with a cup of coffee and i do like to have a nice tea uh in the afternoon a strong 
like builder style tea. Do you need that to kind of kickstart your day, the coffee in the morning? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I used to not be a coffee drinker. I used to be a tea drinker only. And I was living with a friend of mine and he drinks coffee and then, it, you know, one month turned into a few and then now I'm, you know, now I'm a coffee drinker and now I got to have a cup of coffee in the morning. Did, did you have any of the 11 o'clock games at the, the Essex and the, the WBBL trophy? I think the very first one was. How, how did you find that? Because obviously 11 is quite early. For, for I, I had I had I had coffee, which was great, um, and so it it just it's just a little bit of an earlier start because I think the earlier starts I've ever had were like, I mean it's been an early start for that level. I've had like juniors games because they got to get the juniors games through because there's lots of people. Yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah, but for a WBBL game, that's probably the earliest I've had had it be a start. Right, let's move on to your favorite Netflix series or, or TV series in general. Um, I actually enjoy animated series, so I think Archer is one of my favorite. Uh, net well, it's on Netflix, but I actually I really enjoy Archer as a series. I was gonna say Bob's Burgers as well. Um, okay. So yeah, those two for sure. Ooh, McDonald's or KFC? Uh, what are we eating? Like, are we talking about a burger? Yeah, I mean <laughs> your your choice, on. really your choice. Um, I'm gonna go for McDonald's because I think the fries are better than KFC. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with that one. I agree with them. Uh, what annoys you the most? The most. Um, sometimes people talking over me. Okay. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite Disney film? You ready for this? this is this is a throwback? The Black Cauldron. Oh, that is a throwback, isn't it? Yeah. You go back a few years for that one. Yeah. Um, do you have a game day routine? Do you do you uh, same things? Yeah. I do. I my game day routine is largely making sure that uh, I have everything packed for the game, so I bring a bag with me. Um, that I have my I have my computer with me, so I can look at video clips on the way to the venue, um, and review my pregame sheet. Um, I make sure I get there early enough to inspect the venue, inspect everything. Get a chance to meet both head coaches before the game, uh, maybe even talk to the players a bit, and then get focused uh, and and get ready to go. So I'm usually a game. I'm I'm usually a games pretty early, but because right. I just want to make sure I've got everything set. But it also includes a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, what's your kind of favorite moment when you've been on court refereeing? Have you got a particular highlight? Um, probably right before I throw the ball up. Okay. Because it's, it's the last chance to check with everyone to make sure we're getting ready to go. And you know, and everyone is anticipating. It's like that moment right before the referee in football is like checking the clock to blow the whistle to start, to start the game off when there's like all the buildup that happens. It's right, you know, and it's, and then the ball goes up and it's like, this is great. Cause everything it's now all on the, all on the basketball game. So that's probably my favorite favorite moment of the game i've been mean to ask actually do you know timeouts called and, and the referees get together what do you talk about is it like something like make sure you watch out for that what what, what do you talk about when you get together i usually because we because in fiba you have far less time to talk than in the u.s uh because technically we're, we're we need to be at the benches to help bring the teams back out yeah so i try to be very succinct i check in with partners 
How are you feeling? How are you doing? We talk, we quickly talk about the things that we discussed pregame. How are we doing on those things? Okay. Are there particular things that we need to start thinking about for the next quarter or for the next play? If it's a late game situation there, it's always sort of like, how can we reground ourselves in the moment? Can we take a breath? Now let's sort of like have some uh, future planning. What do we expect to run? It's the start of the second, it's start of the third quarter. It's like after a timeout, it's a two point game. So lots of like scenario based kind of things. Right, okay. And the very last thing I always offer encouragement and make sure that they know they're doing a, a good job because we can't do things unless we work together. Uh, what's the top of your bucket list? Uh, getting citizenship. Oh, nice. This, this like is, this is, it, it's a, it's a re it's a rejigged, uh, bucket list, but that is, that is on the top of my mind right now for, for, uh, for what I've got. Okay. I like that one. Uh, pineapple on a pizza. Yes or no? Uh, yes, but I prefer my pineapple drained and then, uh, caramelized before chucked on the pizza. So I don't want a I don't want a very soggy pizza. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Oh, what what is one rule basketball rule that you would change or just get rid of? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I would change. you speaking up? I would change the timeouts. Instead of being a minute, I would make it ninety seconds. Okay. Um, because I think it gives people a little bit, like, just a little bit longer to recover, and a little bit longer to kind of like come down from the stuff and really kind of strategize. Okay. Um, you said before you watched a lot of basketball. Do you have a particular team that you follow, or different players that you follow from leagues around the world? Yeah. So, uh, because I'm from Los Angeles, I'm a Lakers fan. Uh, and I keep in. You know they're not doing great this year. <laughs> I didn't like to say. No, no, no. But it's I'm I I feel I find like I'm one of the few honest Lakers fans. Like they're not doing great. That's okay. Um, but I really have been trying to make sure because I am in. I've also been to Sparks games, and that's one of the first things I went, I remember going to in like high school was going to Sparks games. Um, so I try to follow the W, and I try to follow players to see where they're which leagues they're playing in, and then uh pick stuff up. Uh, from them, but I, I had lots and lots of basketball to watch. But yeah, I'd say I'm a, a Lakers Sparks fan. Oh, so what is your what do you feel like your main strength is as a referee? Um, processing things, and yeah. that's not only with like making judgments, but also I think more importantly, processing what's going on on the floor. Um, because basketball is an emotional game. And it should be. There's a lot of people who are into it. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, I try to process what people are trying to say to me. Because in the WBBL, I've got, you know, people, people talk. And we've got, you know, players who know their players are intelligent. And they know their stuff. And so there's stuff that is said and head coaches and, you know, assistant coaches, you know, people who are invested in basketball in this country are, are in it to be in it. And so I always try to process things to figure out what 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 is happening here or is it is it something that they're trying to tell the truth they're only asking for like an answer to a question are they are they venting are they getting something off their chest are they feeling like they're not being heard are they trying to bring something to my attention that they think i might not be seeing because it might be affecting things like what like sort of like what's going on like just trying to really kind of like slow things down 
and listen and process what's happening. So that way I can respond in a way that A, shows that I hear, like I'm, I'm fully listening and, and connected to what's being said, um, and then have a response that is appropriate. Um, because it would just be it would just be ridiculous to be like insulting to these are these are these are professional players that that would to to be dismissive is just absolutely ridiculous um so some some things I can process and I don't even have to have an answer because people are just doing it to just get off their get off their shoulders and that and that's okay um but yeah I think processing and listening if that's can be a combined thing is probably like one of the one of the one of my strengths as a referee. So I've got I've got one question left, but just before I ask that question, I want to say a huge thank you for your time. It's been fascinating to hear kind of your story and all the things refereeing that we've talked about. It's 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 fascinating insights that a lot of people probably don't actually realize what goes into to refereeing and that that side of things. So thank you so much for your time any time and i'm always happy to to come back and talk more in depth about things depending on what's we need, going we need on to and... do we need to do a do you know on, on sky sports news to have like the refereeing segment where they go through like decisions from the weekend we oh, need to yeah, have like, that set up don't we and and they they didn't they do it for the uh the men's world cup recently as well they had a uh, yeah and i know that they have it in the in the nba uh replay center as well they, they've got a they've got sort of thing so i'm all, i'm always happy to, or, to talk about my decisions or ways in which I process or like the stuff, the habits that I go through in more detail, anytime in the future, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to be on your show. I think it's a fantastic thing that you've been doing for the WBBL for women's basketball and basketball in the UK. And I'm really proud to be uh, one of many people who are, who have had the opportunity to be on your show. So this is great. Thank you so much. Right. Last one. Can you finish a sentence? I love basketball because... It keeps everyone involved and brings lots of different people, different walks of life, classes, uh, all together under the guise of an event where people can do their absolute best uh, to try to win a game. It's really, I find, to be a very unifying uh, kind of sport in the UK, and I can't wait to continue to be a part of it in the future. Amazing. Well, good luck for the rest of the season. Thank and I'll hopefully cross paths again at some point very soon. That sounds fantastic. And thanks for having me. And, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. See you soon.